For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. Welcome in to another edition of Talk of Champions Recruiting. I'm your host for today. Asterix. Uh, ben is out on assignment, so we are going with the more reliable home-based internet to ensure the accuracy and uh, quality of this recording. But uh, Mr. Ben Garrett, welcome in. How are we doing? You could have just told the truth and told them, and I forgot my microphone at home. People helping people. <laughs> A lot of buzz over the weekend about Caden. Uh, I'm assuming it's priest corn. I don't know if it's priest corn or prize corn. I'll try to figure that out. But it's priest corn. You're good. Okay. Um, so he came in town for the weekend. You know, I think Ole Miss has a lot of potential in that tight end room prior to his addition. But uh they just, you know, some unknowns and they wanted to bring in a proven guy that'll be, you know, a one stop, come in, try to improve that that draft stock for uh for the NFL. And uh they did that with the addition of the Memphis tight end. Uh, announced his commitment earlier this morning as we are recording this Monday afternoon. Uh, and look, I, we we talked about the potential impact that he would have, and now we're going to get to see it uh, in real life, plain as day. But um, a John Mackey Award semifinalist didn't really do much in his first two years in Memphis, but then in 2022, 48 receptions, 602 yards, and seven touchdowns. Um, and... You know, I, I think the the frame is kind of deceiving for his skill set. He's listed at 6'5", 255, but he moves very well, carries the 255 pounds well. Um, he's not just your basic Y tight end, in my opinion. I think he can do a little bit of a little X, little Z if he needed to. He can make people miss in space. He can get north and south and get some yards. I don't think this is just a, a red zone tight end, you know, kind of, run the waggle or just dump it off to him. He's got some, he's got some, uh, some wiggle to him. And I think that he's going to be a, uh, an integral part of this offense next season. I love everything about this one, every bit of it, because if you look at what Ole Miss needed, uh, not just Michael Trigg insurance, because Michael Trigg is back, he played in the Texas bowl, but he'd been suspended. He'd been hurt. And quite frankly, he lived up to his pre-Ole Miss reputation in that he's a lot of upside, a lot of potential, not yet realized. This is a proven product. And you're right, in his first couple of years at Memphis, Caden Priestcorn didn't do much of anything. But last year was dynamic, one of their leading options. And it opens up so much for Ole Miss offensively because they were dominant on the ground, had two of the best running backs in the SEC, if not the country. Without a doubt, in my opinion, one of, if not the best running back combo that Ole Miss has ever had but they were a little too over overly reliant on their running game because they didn't have that kind of dynamic dynamicism is that a word sure they didn't have that on the outside of the passing game it is now in the passing game they just didn't have it Malik Heath was really good Jonathan Mingo was really solid as well Jordan Watkins uh, had his moments but the tight end position was where they really added a true high upside potential breakout superstar type of player in Michael Trigg. And he didn't live up to that. And they just didn't have anybody else, at least from an electricity standpoint, on mm-hmm. the perimeter to do that. Like Jalen Robinson had some of that juice, but not a lot. And I'm not saying Caden Priestcourt is that, but what he does do, if paired with a Michael Trigg, you still hope to tap into as far as upside. Now, offensively, you're far more balanced because the versatility that you spoke of, uh, being able to play pretty much all over, and the blocking aspect of it as well. He's a hand-in-the-dirt guy if he needs to be. He can stretch as far as uh, a field-stretching tight end. There's just so much about him and his particular addition. I'll be honest, I thought this is kind of what 
they would have been doing this entire time in the portal. Not just um, shoring up a need, but really adding value in the margins that they didn't necessarily have last year, which really hurt them, which really led to them going from 7-0 and to 8-5, and losing five of their last six. I love mm-hmm. this one. I mean, in my opinion, the top three additions so far, I mean, if Trey Harris is my number one, and maybe like Chris Marshall better, but for me it's Trey Harris and some mix of Chris Marshall or maybe you're a huge um, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste fan or whoever it might be. But in that top three would be Caden Priestcorn because I think he's just exactly what this offense really needed, not just from a structural standpoint, roster construction standpoint, because you need some Michael Trigg insurance, but also just what it could open up for them in a passing game that really needs it. I Yeah, I think it's it's going to remove some of the pressure from the other guys on the offensive side. I mean, you talk about Trey Harris and Chris Marshall, going to be a lot of you know expectations there with, Malik Heath and Jonathan Mingo gone. You return Jordan Watkins, you return Dayton Wade, but they're interior guys. You need those big body receivers on the outside, and you add in a been there, done that, bona fide star at tight end. He's going to open up the middle of the field. He's going to make people have to respect the middle of the field, and he's going to be a nice security valve. He can stay in and block. Um, He kind of does it all, and I think that this is – kind of reminiscent of what Kiffin did at FAU when he had Harrison Bryant there. This is going to kind of be that type of guy. He's a little bit bigger than Harrison Bryant, but yeah, he can stretch the field vertically for a tight end. I mean, he's not your, you know, get behind the defense type like Evan Ingram was, or um, maybe even Kenny Yaboa. But I mean, I think he is going to be an extremely valuable piece of this offense, not only for just his skill set and how talented he is, but it takes some of the pressure off of the other guys that are coming in. Um, takes pressure off Aiden Williams, who's going to play a lot. Um, he's not going to have to go out and and dominate early because you're going to have Priest Corn there to get those big catches on third and medium. You know he's going to be able to stay in and block and help the run game out. You're not going to have to have a receiver in there to chip or an extra lineman. You can still be multiple in your sets and still have pass catchers on the field. So I think this is a big one. Like you said, it's, it's a, it's a huge deal. And look, Michael Trigg can still come out in 2023 and, and, and be dominant and, and be a dude that they, that they notice. think he can be, but, yeah, but it puts him on notice. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, this is released pressure off of him too, because he's still young. He's still, you know, people, talk about all the time like he you know out there running routes he kind of looks like a little bit of a baby deer as he's almost kind of like growing into his body as as being this big physical pass catcher i mean now you got a guy like priest corn in your in your room he can help you out he's he's an older guy he can give you some tips and you're not being you know you're not expected to be a day one hey we need you to go out there and catch 55 balls this year don't have to do that anymore so he can relax a little bit, maybe play a little bit more loose. And, um, you know, because I think he pressed a little bit before the injury. He was, you know, he he would – you could see it on the sideline. He was very frustrated with himself. He was very down at times, you know, had some drops here and there. He had a big game against Vandy, and then he had some, some big catches here and there throughout the year. But I think that this is – there's layers to this get here. It's not just – hey, we got a good tight end. Like, there are layers to what it can do to the offense, potentially. The thing about Trigg, even with the addition of Priestcorn, he's still the guy they expect the most out of as far as what he could be in that room. But they they had nothing last year. Nothing. I mean, oh, I take, they, I take that back. They didn't have nothing. They had one game where Michael Trigg scored three tr- touchdowns and then nothing. They were moving wide receivers to tight end. Casey Kelly... He's limited in what he can be. And now Casey Kelly, quite frankly, I mean, I think his career is in jeopardy after his injury. Now is um, surgery to repair his injury. So with Priest Point, you need a guy that can come in and if the worst happens, Michael Trigg just can't get his shit together. Well, this kid can play. He can really, really play. And he can keep your offense humming. I think a lot of their playbook as far as the passing game was limited because of the personnel issues they had. It wasn't just Michael Trigg. Jalen Robinson was seemingly invisible because of injuries. Um, yeah. And a bunch of guys that maybe were, they were relying on that didn't give them the impact that they necessarily were looking for. So I love Jalen Knox, yeah, Braylon Brown, yeah, JJ guys, Henry, yeah, guys that you know look look great in spring, um, flashed in practice, and then just 
couldn't find the field. Um, oh, I mean, Dennis Jackson. I mean, here's what I want to say about that, too. That's not my opinion. I mean, some of them are individually the individual cases of the player just not doing what he's supposed to do, like a Michael Trigg, in my opinion. But if we're really considering all of the la- or personnel issues that they had last year, and they lost a lot off of a 10-win team. So I- I'm acknowledging that and recognizing that. But the fact that Braylon Brown and J.J. Henry couldn't get on the field or didn't do anything of value um, to contribute to the offense, I think that's more of an indictment on the coaching staff and the lack of development of high school players, specifically wide receiver, than it has anything to do with the players themselves. I think Braylon Brown could have helped them. I think J.J. Henry could have helped them. But the problem is that that Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss, they only play 30 players, right? He has his guys. And that's a pro mindset thing and whatever. But it doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room opportunity for players who could potentially emerge. Uh, Michael Trigg was signed with the directive of this kid's going to play. This kid is going to be a stud. And I think you brought up a really good point that he, you could tell he was pressing. It's not like he was uh, immune or, or he was ignoring or deaf to what everybody was expecting of him. He was supposed to come in here and be the Julio Jones of tight ends for all this. I mean, essentially, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit less than that, but you get what I'm saying. And he just, I mean, he was, he was getting compared to Kyle Pitts in practice. Exactly. He's Kyle Pitts and he was not Kyle Pitts and Ole Miss could not operate without, um, you know, next year without a tight end addition because it's not just trig either. I mean, I think Hudson Wolf at this point, you just can't count on them. You just can't. I mean, they knew coming in when they signed him a four star kid, six, seven, they loved him. I mean, everybody loved him, but there's a reason why a bunch of schools backed off because his injury history with his back is a problem and he i don't even know if hudson wolf exists right now i don't know where he is he does i'm just being an idiot but the point is this they had to get real production and upside and value i mean not every tight end is going to be antonio gates and rob gronkowski i mean you know kenny yaboa was just as effective as any you know tight end in the country when he was on under lane kiffin he tread off toward the end of the year but it's not like kenny yaboa had the same traits as kyle pitts and I feel like he could be that kind of player as well. You know, I think he can be one of those that not necessarily Kenny Abo maybe doesn't have that kind of true end upside, but I really mm. like what he can be because they need him to be that, and he's proven he can do it. And they just need more options in the passing game. This is a big day for Jackson Dart. This is a big day for um, the wide receiver group that's gotten stronger with Chris Marshall and Trey Harris. Um, and, it's a and big day for Quinshawn Judkins. Huge for him because, like, think about what it will do for Quinshawn to have – not just a capable passing offense, but one that can really, really threaten. I mean, how much did Ole Miss truly stretch the field last year? Not a lot. Not a lot. The Vanderbilt and game. You can do that. The Vanderbilt game. And <laughs> I feel like with the additions that they've made, um, and there's still some work to be done, I think. I mean, I think they could add another receiver too. But Chris Marshall and Trey Harris and Caden Priest, if I told you that that was going to be the hall right there, the start of the hall, you would have said, oh, yeah, that they crushed what they needed to do offensively in the portal. They still got some things they got to do both on offense and defense. But as far as what they really, really needed on offense, they needed immediate step-in-and-play guys at wide receiver, at tight end, not just because, Trig, you don't know what you have. He's going to play. He's going to play a lot. But they need more options because once those options started to fall off the table last year, Jalen Robinson, Trig, they had no one else even close to uh, what those guys could potentially be. So it's a big day. The question I have now is who's next, right? Because mm-hmm. this was a big weekend. It wasn't just Caden Priestcorn. Yeah. Last thing on pre-scoring before we move on to the others that were in town. In 2020, Kenny Yaboa had 27 receptions for 524 yards and six touchdowns. Now, it was only in seven games because of COVID, shortened season. Yeah. But if you can have pre-scoring, like, that's the baseline. Like, just get us there. I think that makes this – I think that might add a win or two to Ole Miss's record next year. I think he's that good. And I think that that just opens up stuff. I mean, we haven't even talked about how just the threat of him running routes opens up the middle of the field for the quarterback run game. The middle of the um, field was visible to Ole Miss last year, it felt like. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was against the rules for them to, to look that way. Um, Which so, was yeah, bizarre. It's, All they attacked in the first couple of years under Kiffin. I mean, right. they just destroyed the middle of the field. But that's because they had the personnel for that. Elijah Moore is like that. He's built for that. Kenny Yaboa is built for that. Dante Drummond isn't really built for that, but they molded him into that because that's what they had, and they made him into it. I mean, I, I was kind of surprised that Dante was able to do what they asked him to do, even though I think he's really a wide receiver. He's still in the practice squad, I think, with the Cowboys. They had to get some guys, and they have to have some guys, multiple guys in the room that and give themselves some options because they just didn't have options. And mm-hmm. a lot of that is 
fault because they didn't develop guys like Braylon Brown and J.J. Henry. But also, you know, the tight end was – like, I don't blame Lane Kiffin and John David Baker and those guys for the tight end struggling. You know, if you want to say, well, Kyron Heath didn't play in the science end, well, he's a true freshman. You know, um, if, if anything, where, where they really did, were short-sighted is in thinking that Michael Trigg, because of his checkered history as far as, you know, just some off-the-field stuff, that they can rely on him to start 13 games. But I'll be honest, I, I don't blame them for believing that or thinking that they could be the coaches to pull it out because, like, that's what you have to do. Like, you have to be the coach that says, oh, yeah, I can get it out of him. You know, mm-hmm. right. So they they tried it. It didn't work perfectly. And maybe it does next year, but they just couldn't rely on it again. They, they really had to go get somebody that could play. And this kid could really play. I mean, it's a huge addition for them. It's huge. And it's not going to be the only one. I don't know if necessarily it's going to happen today or tomorrow, but I feel like the guys we've been talking about, you're starting to see real movement because this is not a surprise to if anybody's been listening to this podcast, reading the old Miss Spirit, Spirit.com and Philip on three, which is which is the site that both me and Zach write for. If you've been listening to us or reading our stuff, like Caden Priest, boy, he's been on the board immediately, immediately once he got in, you know, and, you know, I've been talking about him. And any of the number of these guys could pop too. Um, Brady Allen sticking at Purdue was a surprise, though. That one kind of kind of shot me a little bit. But maybe that's because I'm out of pocket. I don't know. What would you think of that? Uh, I think that was a kid making a rash decision without thinking. Because um, I know that the Grove Collective expected to negotiate with him and Spencer Sanders and uh, Mike Wright all while they were in town, you know, for the NIL money. Um, Ole Miss came in as far the, as Grove Collective. Same yeah, thing think- with the- I think the latter two are doing that. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think it was just a kid making a decision and then just kind of rethinking it. And that's kind of what the portal is designed for, right? I mean, you don't like once you get in, if you can get back to where you were, then that's fine. I mean, hopefully most staffs will allow that. But, yeah, Purdue picked up – That's good. Yeah, they picked up Hudson Card, the former Texas quarterback. He was a former four-star. Um Highly touted recruit, couldn't cut it at Texas, went to Purdue. I think Brady Allen might have had his feelings hurt a little bit, thought that he was the guy, you know, for the future, got out of the portal. Ole Miss showed a ton of interest. They liked him, Bring you know, going to come in for an official visit. And then he – I think he kind of sat there and looked, okay, so they've got – okay, looking at the depth chart. Okay, Jackson Dart's there. Basically, you're uh, okay. the same problem for yourself, except at a at a completely forward place, <laughs> you know. Right, like, and he's, oh, he's going to be my. If this is going to be my reality, if this is going to be my life in football, then why would I not stay? At least I know what I know. I know what I know about Purdue. It's the enemy yeah, I know. You're really rolling the dice on your future. Like, okay, if Jackson Dart just goes off in 2023 and leaves for the NFL draft, perfect. You're set up. You're there. You know the playbook, you step right in. But if he doesn't, then you're in the same place you were before. And, yeah, he's an Indiana kid, played high school ball in Indiana, you know, was all Purdue his whole time, never wavered. I think that's just what it was. I don't think it was anything Ole Miss did. I think he just kind of realized that he should just stay put. And, look, I no offense, but a, a degree from Purdue uh, goes a, probably a lot further in life than, uh, than one from Ole Miss, depending on the field you're in. But that's fine. Um, that's but let's not pretend <laughs> Reese yeah. has anything to do with their football decisions. It just doesn't matter. Hey, you, you, never think know. It's, you think it's going to be Spencer Sanders? Because if it is, um, man, earlier, yeah, come on. I, I mean, we could do, uh, let's just go ahead and segue into the next segment here. Earlier this morning, I was pretty close to putting an RPM pick in. I think I might still do it but I'm hearing some good things about Mike Wright as well. I just don't understand the Spencer Sanders thing. I know that he's someone that's played a lot of football. We've already said all this before. We've already said all that. Like, my question now is, is it going to be one of those two? Because I think it's going to be one of those two. I think we're starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We said going into the weekend uh, when we did the podcast, we said going in, hey, look, guys, this is going to be a pretty big weekend as far as bringing into focus – not only who they're really targeting, but what their class is going to look like. Because these visitors are a big deal. They need commitments out of these visitors. So if they, and I think some Ole Miss fans are getting a, you know, a little bit um, worried, not worried, but they were getting a little bit on edge about, hey, are we going to go over here? Is almost going to come out of this weekend over on this huge weekend? 
Caden Priestcorn is, is the pressure release valve, and he allows for Ole Miss fans, recruiting fans, to breathe because he's a huge addition at a position of need. And, and you know, a lot of schools wanted not everybody, but a lot of schools really, really wanted him. Same thing with um, Spencer Sanders, Mike Wright. I mean, all of these guys, these are big-time targets that have come in. Um, and I feel like now that they've got the tight end, you start to look at, all right, who's going to be the backup quarterback? And for the longest, we tried to identify what would be a perfect fit for that. And that's why we, we questioned the Spencer Sanders fit. But now that we understand that, look, it, the bottom line is whether you think it's a clunky, weird, uh, self-created problem type of hit by adding him, they could. I mean, I, they're, they're finalists. It's them or Auburn or somebody else. I mean, is there, isn't there somebody else? I can't remember. I don't but, think he ever made it to Auburn. Dang. I spoke with someone at the Auburn on three site and their quote was, we were there all day talking to seeing who was arriving and they never saw him. So unless it's very possible, you know, he slipped in the back door, but that's just what I was told. All right. I've got two questions. One, do you think the quarterback is going to be one of Spencer Sanders or Mike Wright? Yes. Second question. Do you think they would take both of them? Mm, no all right because i think mike wright has options he does they both they both have options well Um, but like they're really down with both of them is it going to be a you know whoever wants the spot first gets it type thing if it is one or the other both you and i agree that mike wright fits more yes as far as current personnel is compared to spencer sanders but let's just go down that rabbit hole real quick if it is spencer sanders knowing what we said about it and knowing how we feel about it, that it is, man, that's a head-scratching fit. If it does happen, does that, you know, the quarterback room or the trajectory or how we kind of talk about the quarterback room and the starting job itself, does it change? Or is it still Jackson Darts the guy, Spencer Sanders coming in here to try to take it from him and give him really healthy competition? I don't know that answer. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's Jackson Darts' job. I, I don't think either one of those guys could challenge him, in my opinion. Not I either. I think Dart's arm is better than both. Uh, now, Mike Wright, if we're doing, if we're running a foot race, he's beaten both of them by probably, you know, two three lengths of a horse. But um, I, again, I've, I've I've made my concerns. I, I've I've put them out there in the in the public eye and, and ear about Sanders and his ability to protect the football. He turned the ball over a ton when he was in Stillwater, and I just don't really see the fit. Mike Wright to me is the perfect pickup in the portal. He brings an element to the offense that would be incredibly useful. And it's at least something for people to prepare for when playing Ole Miss in 2023. And it's not just a, well, he's mobile. Like, no, like he runs a, like a legit four, four, like he can get out there in space and run away from people and make you look foolish. Um, I think that that's the better pickup, but um, I know that both are having conversations about NIL and maybe it is, you know, Hey, first come first serve, or I I don't know which one they prefer. Um, But if it was me, I would lean Mike Wright because I just think he compliments what Jackson Dart and the offense already has. Ole Miss fans, basketball season is heating up for both the men's and women's basketball teams. Show your support for their efforts on the court by signing up for the Pledge Per Win campaign today. You can sign up to pledge a specific amount for every Rebel win and earn blue priority points through every donation. Visit givetoathletics.com slash donate. That's givetoathletics.com slash donate. Or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation at 662-915-7159. That's 662-915-7159 to sign up for the Pledge Per Win campaign today with the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends.
The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan, and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. When's the last time you thought about retirement? What about saving for your kid's college? In these crazy economic times, Working with a professional is of the utmost importance, and that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group, and he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And tell him that Ben sent you for a no-cost consultation and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. It's just like with Caden Priestcorn. Caden Priestcorn improves Ole Miss in two ways. Addresses a position in need. They have to get a number two tight end or a 1B to the 1A that is Michael Trigger tight end. But you get better even more in the margins, and that's when you have roster restrictions, which everybody does. That's where the good teams become great. You have to get better in the margins. And Caden Priestcorn, because of his versatility, gets Ole Miss better in the margins. But he can also step in and just be the guy and that's not what you want. That's not ideal, but he can be if Michael Trigg can't get his shit together. Same thing in the quarterback room, not about getting his shit together because Jackson Dart has his stuff together. But either one of them, Spencer Sanders, Mike Wright, they can bring you value in the margins. Now, I think that Mike Wright could give you more value in the margins because he can do something Jackson Dart can't. And that is, I mean, Jackson Dart can run and he can run pretty doggone well. He mm-hmm. also takes unnecessary hits. Mike Wright can really bring an element to your running game that is already dynamic that could take you to an even another level of dominance. And with an expanded passing attack with Caden Freescorn, with Chris Marshall, with Trey Harris, 
with the returning guys like a Jordan Watkins, Jalen Knox, all those. Now you're talking about uh, talking about a well-rounded offense, which is what Ole Miss just did not have last year. I think that was the biggest surprise to me, is we knew it was going to be a little bit of a touch-and-feel kind of offense to start out the year. But we all mm-hmm. thought it, as rough as it was going to be to start, they would figure it out, they would settle into a rhythm, and they'd become great. Because that's what Lane Kiffin offenses do. And that's just yeah. not what happened. Now, the running game was dominant, absolutely dominant. Jackson Dart, as the rest of the team got worse, he got better. Those things are objectively true, and those get th- those you know gold stars get to be put on the resume of Lane Kiffin as the offensive guru, guru that we all have thought him to be. Um, but there were real holes. There were real red flags that were raised this year. And I think they're addressing it the right way in the portal. You need more. You're not done. Mike Wright could fit really what you need. Spencer Sanders, maybe. Um, I just think they need. They know they need to bring a guy in here, like with Caden Priestcorn, with Michael Trigg. Yes, he can replace that guy in Jackson Dart. He's not going to replace that guy if, if the perfect scenario plays out because Michael Trigg and Jackson Dart are their guys. But they can also improve you in other ways as well. So it's not like, oh, why are you bringing in a quarterback? You, you have Jackson Dart. Well, with Mike Wright, I get, you know, no, that's that could help you in other ways. Spencer Sanders, that's a legitimate question because I, I don't know how that would fit. It would be fascinating. I don't know how it would fit because it's not like he's the dynamic runner that Mike Wright is. I would love to hear that answer. Ne- next time we talk to Lane Kiffin, whoever it might be, that's one of the first ones if they sign Spencer Sanders. But, like, I love the idea of just bringing in a accomplished quarterback. At the end of all things, getting good players is a is the what you want to do. I mean, that's the goal. Get good players mm-hmm. and win. So, like, if Spencer Sanders wants to come in here and compete, even though he's probably going to be the number two quarterback behind Jackson Dart, cool. Get good players, period. It still yeah. does raise some problems that you might otherwise not have if you just brought in Mike Gray. So we do think it's going to be one of those two. We settled on that. <clears throat> yes, for sure. Okay. All right. Well, for now, because God knows with Florida recruiting, we'll say that tomorrow. They'll go get Brady <laughs> Allen. Oh, well, never mind. Brady's not going back to Purdue. He's coming here. You know, we just – you never know. It's all about the money at this point, you know? Yeah. Well – Speaking of Spencer Sanders, uh, one of his teammates was also in town this weekend, Bryson Green, wide receiver from uh, Allen, Texas. That's a big-time program um, in the big Metroplex. Berkeley, too. Yeah, I was going to say Ole Miss uh, has recruited pretty well there, um, signed a couple guys from Allen. Um, he was Greg, a high school. Greg, Greg Little from Allen. Greg Little, Grant Tisdale, um, Jalen I mean, uh, Jones. Did you see where Jalen Jones like started 13 games or something? Played in every game for the Bears this year? For the Bears, yeah. Starting games. I love that because before he got hurt, Jalen Jones was awesome. And he was really solid afterwards, but it just shows you, you can't – like Deshaun Ruffin right now for Ole Miss basketball. Deshaun was a McDonald's All-American, the first McDonald's All-American signed out of high school by Ole Miss in school history. He was dynamic last February. Balling out. Now, Ole Miss has been a disaster basketball-wise for a couple of years now. So, there's only been like flashpoints of, oh, that could be something. Deshaun was that something. He was the entire hope and future, and then he goes down. The the thought that Ole Miss would just get Deshaun back and he would be Deshaun is silly. They, these kids, as freakish as they are athletically, and they heal different, like all of them, every kid out there, you pick one. Chad Kelly, the same thing. Like all those guys that had major knee injuries or major injuries, they could recover faster than all of us but they still can't recover that fast. They're not freaking superheroes, you know? So Deshaun Ruffin, he's struggling. He's really struggling to find himself again. But that just goes to show you, like Jalen Jones, same thing. What he's doing now was always there. I mean, obviously, you'd hope he'd have been able to find it a little bit earlier, but it's more about his health. I mean, your body just takes time. I'm just so happy for him because that kid deserves it. He's a great kid. And I honestly thought, oh, God, man, the injuries. The injuries got him. Because he was too good. I mean, he's going to be like Tony Connor. Tony Connor was so good. I mean, Tony Connor was better than Jalen Jones, you know? And, he's, and Tony's back at home now. So I'm just happy for Jalen Jones. I'm sorry I went off on a tangent, but it's just a really cool thing for that kid in particular. But Allen, Texas has been really good to Ole Miss. You mentioned Deshaun Ruffin. And, and real quick, when I was at the Iverson Classic, I, I mean, I had seen the videos. I've talked to people that that know way more about basketball than I do, and they, they sang his praises. But when I was there – and got to see Rasheed Wallace and Steven Jackson react to him. Oh, yeah. And I, and I was like, okay, yeah, he's got yeah. it. Yeah. Um, 
the one that you, you mentioned Jalen Jones and him bouncing back from the injury, the one outside of Tony Connor, that was just a huge bummer. And you could just see the career path change for me was Ken Webster. I mean, Ken Webster was a day one NFL guy and then uh, had the knee injury against Florida state. And then was just never the same. God, that happens with Ole Miss so much guys like that. Cause it's not like Ole Miss is Alabama when their guy, guy goes down. The guy, the guy of all the guys, um, Ole Miss can't compensate for that. I mean, you remember when DT Shackford went down in that spring? He was the only good player to look forward to on defense. And of course, it was DT that went down. It feels like Ole Miss, Ole Miss is always dealing with the guy that they can't have go down. The guy they can't yeah. lose, they lose. He was never, he was never on the field, and like you could see flashes, but he was a, he was like a practice myth. But the one I always remember is Tim Simon. Oh God, yeah, man, Tim was. Crazy good when he got here he set practices on fire he was he he had a lot of quinshawn judkins in him he had a lot and he's he's from alabama too oh yeah yeah that was right yeah yeah anyway sorry we went off (laughs) so back to bryson green um 6-1-203 i think he'd be another solid addition to the receiver room um played us played a good bit at oklahoma state but um, didn't really set it on fire there. Um, 48 receptions, 723 yards and seven touchdowns in two seasons with them. Um, but he's a potential big play guy. I think he, he plays around 200, but you know, the cliche of playing bigger than you are on film, he looks bigger than six, one, 200, um, very athletic. Um, I, you know, he's a guy that I think could play both. Um, yeah more than capable of playing outside, but he still has the the quickness to play on the on the inside as well. And, you know, at that size, a little bit of a mismatch and can run away from linebackers. Um, he was there over the weekend. Um, I think the – I haven't heard too much buzz about him. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a bad thing because, um, like you said, I think they could stand to add another receiver or two. Um, and it's very telling that they brought him in, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he would be an excellent pickup to go along with Jordan Watkins and Dayton Wade in the slot. Then you've got JJ Henry, um, and the others, but yeah, I think that would be an, an excellent addition there. And then kind of wrapping things up from the weekend, um, Ohio state edge rusher, Javante Jean-Baptiste, uh, which again, I made it very clear. When you can add not one but two Jean Baptiste to your defense, you got to do it. Do um, it. forty-seven career games at Ohio State, fifty-three tackles, ten and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks. He was just, I, I, I've talked to people around the Ohio State program. I've talked to national analysts. They say that he's a dude. He just got lost in the shuffle in Columbus, which is easy to do in Larry Johnson's defensive line room because they are absolutely loaded there year in year out. Um. Played his high school ball at Bergen Catholic. That's where Taiwan Malone played. Um, he extended, I was told earlier, he extended his visit, stayed an extra day, hung out with the staff, hung out with Randall Joyner. Negotiating NIL. That, yes. Um, that is because Here's what I've heard about him. Ole Miss loves him. He loves Ole Miss. Great fit, would be a great fit for both sides. His number is huge. <laughs> it's huge. It's a big number. So hey. Ole Miss is like, I, I, how can we come up with it? But it's they're that, working. It's that position, man. It's the most expensive one. Exactly. It's edges in the pool. We've been saying that since this dangum portal opened on December 5th. What have we said? Edge is the priority position in the portal this year. That's what everybody's paying a premium for. So good for the kid. But yeah, his number is big. I, I think you made another really great point. You talked about how with uh, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State, what's his name again? That's Drew Blank. Bryson Green. Bryson Green. With Bryson Green, just because we don't hear a lot right now, that doesn't necessarily mean anything at all. It doesn't. And that's okay. It's okay if you don't hear that. Um, but Caden Priestcorn, you can ask that. I mean, I texted him immediately. That was one that was pretty well down the road. Uh, once he got into the into the portal, Ole Miss was going to be a top option for him. And that's why we started talking about him. Every single guy we talk about at length on this podcast is for a reason. It's not just because we're just pulling shit out of our asses, you know? Like, once stuff happens or got, we hear things about specific guys and he was one of them, that matters. And we've been hearing a lot about him, you know, Bryson Green. 
I'm saying with Jeremiah Jean Bat not Jeremiah, which is the Jean Baptiste from Ohio State. Hearing a lot about him as well. Great fit with the NIL numbers and the NIL numbers that are being floated out there for all of these players. That's what makes it unpredictable. So as far down the line as it could be with the guy and almost lands him, because that's how it typically works in the portal with the priest corn with Gene Baptiste here. That's that could be a determining factor of whether or not he ends up at Ole Miss. Maybe they can't reach his number. Maybe he's hard on a specific number. Maybe he can be negotiated off of a specific number. I don't know, but I do know that that's kind of where things are with him. Um, he's just got a big number, and Ole Miss is trying to meet him or or get it halfway or whatever it has to be to where they can come mm-hmm. to an agreement. He would address a need for them as well. I think it was a very productive weekend. Um, if I think we so come too. Out this weekend, and you and I have been talking about this stuff and said, well. Maybe a Caden Priest corner will commit a couple of days, or uh, I don't know. Then I'd be a little bit worried, to be honest, because there were some reasons for worry um, the way the portal season started for Ole Miss. But now it's starting to settle in, and Ole Miss has addressed its needs. Maybe it's been a little bit bumpy along the way, but I feel like the big ticket items, they're really starting to check off in, in pretty impressive fashion, quite frankly. Caden Priest corner is an impressive pickup, and any of the guys we've talked about as far as addressing their other needs at quarterback or wide receiver, whatever it may be defensive in edge i i feel like the, the candidates we're talking about are quality valuable candidates and Ole Miss is doing what we, what we said they needed to do so it, i think this weekend was about as successful i mean the most success, successful it could have been was okay we get commitments from everybody we wanted you know but mm-hmm. uh, that's yeah. not how it works so uh, uh Ole Miss is still in the process but today is, is a very positive step forward as far as what they're doing in the portal and the work they're trying to get done for sure yeah, last couple uh last couple items to address here. Don't want to forget the uh the big uglies there in the trenches. Um Damian George from Alabama and uh Victor Kern uh from Washington were both in town. Uh the the sources that I've spoken with said that both had great weekends. Um kind of hard for me to lean one way or the other because I've heard things went well for both. Um I think George- is closer with George. Yeah, he's the one that makes the most sense. Played yeah. in high school with Zach Evans. Um, I'd heard that Zach Evans was essentially a primary recruiter for Damian George. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it, it that's one could, thing I was going to say. If Zach Evans had stayed, I think this would have been done weeks ago. Weeks ago. Um, oh, but because, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit different. I do know that the Grove Collective, he was one of the ones, Damian George, that they were talking to, too. So, I don't know. That doesn't mean necessarily anything about the Washington kid. I just honestly had not heard his name. Because sometimes we don't get everything. I mean, that's just the truth. You know, we're going to miss stuff. The people that say, oh, I'm never wrong, those are the ones that I have a problem with. I'll admit when I'm wrong all the time, I had no clue who this kid was until he came here. And that, like, we, I think you released it. I learned it from Zach. You know what I mean? Like, I learned it just like the rest of you. I didn't even know who this kid was until he came into town. So, um, it shows, though, I think, that offensive line, it speaks to what we've been talking about, though. After the Texas Bowl, when we, we did a podcast about how the portal needs changed since the Texas Bowl, we said, well, offensive line, they might, might decide that's more of a priority than they thought. I think that's kind of being uh, laid bare here, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of being proven. But that, you know, they're, they're yeah. really offensive line more now, too. Because, yeah, now I'm interested. I, I do wonder if they're going to take both. Because um, I had oh, heard things – I heard things were pretty far down the line with both, and they like Kern. I mean, both of them played a ton of football. Um, both were uh, former starters, a lot of snaps at Power 5 level. And I think this is the key here for either or. I don't know if they take both, but whichever one out of those two, very versatile. They can play They can play right tackle. They can play on the inside. They're both big, Physical, they can be road graders, but they're also talented enough and can bend and move to play right tackle as well. Um, you know, it's an old Miss offensive line that only loses one. Nick Broker's gone. Um, Jeremy James is coming back. So um, they're going to be able to kind of put some pieces there. John Garrison's got his work cut out for him because, you know, you add one or two, you know, of Damian George and Victor Kern. I mean, that's a very talented room all of a sudden. Um that you're already bringing back four or five starters that have played a lot of football and uh, were very successful blocking for Quinshawn Judkins in 2022. So, um, yeah, if I'm an Ole Miss fan, I think you're looking at those two up front. And um, I, I don't know if it'll be early in the week or, you know, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday after they finish up their conversations with the staff and with uh, 
with the Grove Collective. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that looking for offensive linemen, those two are are excellent, excellent additions that could possibly be uh, wearing the red and blue next year. Get good players. All that matters. Get good players. And yes, your standards to back up or compete with push Jackson Dart. Good. Get good players. Well, if it's a clunky fit, it doesn't matter. They're paid. Lane I mean, Kiffin and them well to figure it out. He's paid nine and a half million. Find the best players you can and look win at, games. That's yeah, I mean, matters. look at I saw the stat earlier. Uh, Brad Crawford from two four seven put out a tweet um, that. TCU is trying to become the first ever college football program in the modern recruiting era without a top 10 class in any of the previous three cycles to win a national title. Got to have dudes, man. Crazy. Jimmy's and Joe's man. You got to get them. I mean, get dudes. Don't worry about like, we get to talk about it and debate it. That's what this is for. That's what we're paid to do. Analyze it. But at the end of all things, like I said, to start, get good players, getting good players. That's the whole thing. That's the name of the game. Get good players and uh, figure out the fit and stuff later. Same thing with the offensive line. Maybe they didn't think going into the portal season the offensive line was a big need, but let's be real here. Ole Miss was a bad pass blocking team pretty much all year. Running-wise, that was a hell of a group. They demoralized people, demoralized opposing teams, bulldozed them. But then teams started selling out because they knew that's all they could do. And the passing game, even though Jackson Dart was really solid, was not good. I mean, he barely had time to throw in the Texas Bowl. I'm talking within two seconds of, of snap to drop back. He's getting hit in the face or he's having to move up. No clean pockets. And there wasn't enough separation out there on the perimeter with wide receivers. Jonathan Mingo isn't that kind of wide receiver. He's more of a contested catch kind of guy. Malik Heath is a little bit better than him, but he's more in that mold too. They need field stretching guys. They need to open up the inside or the middle of the field, quite frankly, that was lost to them all in 2022. If you're wondering, sitting there today, wherever you are listening to this podcast, how the hell did Ole Miss start 7-0 and and finish 8-5? and A lot of it, yeah, defensively, they, they were pretty terrible toward the end. I think they started top 11 in the country and ended up in the 70s. That's terrible. I grant you that. And we didn't even touch on the Pete Golding rumors. But offensively, offensively, they just were – putrid towards the end of the year so one note and there was nothing they could do to change it because the personnel was limited and now they're addressing that Caden Brees scoring is huge and uh, any number of the guys we floated here would be huge for them and they're getting better where they need to get better and that's the encouraging thing because it didn't start out this way in the portal it has only gotten better and better and that is encouraging because I think there was some momentum loss with the lane train and the honeymoon that lasted for three years at Ole Miss and now you're starting to see more of Ole Miss coming or getting back to that place at least somewhat, um, which is an exciting thing if you're if you're looking forward to 2023 with that schedule, which will be just brutal. Right now, looking at um, one five star, one four star, and then one two three four threes, and then Priestcorn is not ranked um, on on three, but yeah, you got a former is blue. He, ch- he's not ranked. Yeah, and. and so he's a four star as a transfer. So pardon me on the commitment list. They list them by their high school ranking because we didn't even talk about this. Well, Caden Priestcorn. Impressive. Well, we do it. Yeah. Caden Priestcorn was a quarterback when he was at Fork Union Military Academy. And then he walked on as a quarterback at Memphis and then was just like, yeah, I'll try tight end. And now look at him. So hey, um, Dawson Knox did good for him. Yeah. Dawson Knox was a walk on. Great pull and a former and a former quarterback. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, hey, Johnny Vault. I'm gonna sound like a guy at the Beacon. Johnny Vault only <laughs> recruited quarterbacks. You just move them where you need to play them. It's that's what that's been the joke about Mike Bianco. Well, we just re, we just recruit true. shortstops, the Short best stop. athlete on the field. <laughs> it's true. Which is, I mean, it is true. I mean, you just it's recruit up the middle, good. catcher, Justin shortstop, and center. Will Golson was a shortstop. He played center field. That's yeah. He just moved shortstops everywhere. That's true. That's funny. um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's not nearly as loud as it was last year. Now it's still early, because as we discussed last week, Ole Miss really didn't hit their stride in the portal until mid to late January. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got a absolute, I mean, pulling from um, you know, some of my um, you know 
late readings to my three-year-old. I mean, you've got a, just a full on, I, I mean, name your construction equipment for Joshua Harris. I mean, just an absolute bulldozer up in the middle. He can, um, play a true nose guard. I think that helps the defense a lot, helps out guys like Jeremiah Pegues. Um, he can, um, move around. He's not being asked to be that nose guard. He can be, you know, use his athleticism. Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste at linebacker played a lot of football. Um, I think he can be a cerebral part of that linebacker group. And then we know about the big receivers and Chris Marshall, Trey Harris, they're going to bring a lot to the outside. And then John Saunders, I think is one that doesn't get talked about enough. The length is something you can't teach. Um, We will uh, see who Ole Miss goes to, uh, to hire to replace Sam Carter at the cornerbacks coach position. But I think at 6'4", 195, he's going to be able to find the field. And then Priest Corn, um, we set it for an hour here. I mean, I think that that's a huge, huge piece being added to this 23 class. So, um, Hold on. Catalan never came in this weekend, did he? Uh, no. Yeah, so that was done. The, the Sam Carter <laughs> yeah. to Purdue, Catalan was there on an official. visited uh, Purdue on Thursday, and Sam Carter – went and left or left old miss for purdue on friday friday yeah i mean come on what are we doing here i will say you um you mentioned it's not as loud foundationally i would argue it's more solid think about it mason brooks was huge he didn't play for him yeah he didn't play michael trigg he he was out Jalen robinson he was out yeah i think it relieves a lot of pressure too now there's still a lot of pressure because they really floundered down the stretch, and 23 is a big year for Lane Kiffin, but not having to go get a quarterback I think relieves a lot of pressure because those are right there next to defensive linemen in terms of uh, chump change. So, um, yeah, I, I expect a couple more things this week. Um, I think you're probably going to see a, uh, a defender. You're going to probably maybe a lineman or two. Um, possibly, and then uh, it remains to be seen which quarterback. But uh, I think they're in a good spot for both Sanders and Wright. We'll see. Uh, you know, hey, it it, it might be uh, you know, who grabs that spot first. But um, you got anything else before we get out of here? I'm sorry, I left my mic at home. <laughs> oh man, it's all good. Sounds yeah, great. Does it? I'm on my phone. Oh well. Yeah. Fool me. Oh, good. The consummate good. professional getting things done by any means necessary. That's it. That'll do it for talk of champions recruiting. Uh, stay locked in at omspirit.com part of on three. We've got news notes, updates, breaking news, all of that. You can find it in the spirit recruiting daily. It's almost three o'clock. We're looking at, Close to 14 updates, 15 probably here in a minute. A um, lot going on, so uh, stay tuned in. Myself, Ben, Chuck, Jake, we got a lot of content coming. Transfer Portal and beyond. Um, but, hey, appreciate you, buddy. Stay safe out there. Stay travels. Thank you, buddy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.